Hello and welcome to Reminding You Why You Love Football, a weekly magazine show from Mundial that drops its shoulder past the 1% of the game that dominates the news cycle and instead disappears between the cracks to talk about the things that really matter. Old kits, cult heroes, terrific haircuts, non-league weirdness, long-range screamers, unsavoury red cards and crisps. I'm your host, Owen Blackhurst, and if you don't know Mundial, then we are a football publisher that comprises a quarterly magazine, some six out of ten social channels, a couple of award-winning audio documentary series, and a lot of merchandise. Some hooky, some good, some you simply would not clean the bog with. Joining me today to remind you why you love football are Seb the Bishop White, a football fan so pure he still boos when he goes past Milton Keynes on the train, James Birdo Bird, essentially the version of Luka Modric you buy from a market stall in Tenerife, and Assad Two Twixes Raza, Mundial's newest and youngest recruit who is in the middle of a dirty book that simply disgusts me. Oh, and on the ones and twos, under the headphones, fiddling with his wheels of steel, is podcast royalty, producer Tommy Stewart. Some would say journeyman, I'm saying royalty. How are we all? Well, good, man. Good, eh? Good. Very excited for this. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, man. Thriving. Had six chicken sausages uh, for lunch. Nothing else. There he is, straight in with the weird food. We'll, we'll get into this. Uh, what this man can eat in pursuit of uh, his large chest he's putting together is um, it's pretty disgusting, I said, to be honest. <laughs> You've got to build a shelf. And if I need to do some, you know, sordid things to get there, that's what I'll do, man. That's what I'll Asad, do. you said the other day that you could eat 15 Twixes in a row. Yeah, at least, say that. at least. I, I, I'm talking about like two, like one, as in like one packet is two. That's no, hang, hang on, right. So you're saying one finger or two fingers? All right, okay. I could do, I reckon I could do 15, 15 two finger twixes. Oh, on the, on the banks. Yeah. On the banks. Yeah. Interesting. Um, <laughs> oh, should, we talk about some, should we talk about some football? So what we're going to do, uh, to those of you who don't know us or do know us, we're going to use some of our sort of uh, social regulars and front section of the magazine bits to talk about all the stuff that doesn't necessarily get talked about. So we're going to start with We Support These Now, uh, one of our oldest content strands on social media. So old, in fact, that um, internet royalty Johnny Sharples uh, has compiled a list of who Mundell support now. And it's up to about 400 now. And there's some strange ones on there and some good ones. But... For this week, we are going to hand it over to Sebastian White, who I would imagine is going straight in at non-league. So, Seb, we support these now. Who is it? Why should I care? Why should anyone care? Why should anyone? Well, this this podcast is called Reminding You Why You Love Football. And this this team, this event, the news that has happened fairly recently is, is absolutely the best case of this because... After four, well, nearly over four years now, that football is coming back to Bury. It's been a long road. It's been a long struggle. Obviously, they have been the, shall we say, the, the unfortunate poster boys of mismanagement and terrible owners. And, and in 2019, they were, well, they went into liquidation and they, and they went bust. Um, there's been a lot going on in Bury since then. Uh, there's been a Phoenix club called AFC Berry set up. There's been a group of supporters called the um, the Berry FC Supporter Society who who didn't necessarily join that Phoenix club. And there's been a bit of back and forth, shall we say, in in, in over the time about what what is the future of football in Berry. 
back in November, they had a vote, both of them, to see if they would merge. And the Berry FC Supporters Society, they needed 66% of people to vote in majority of it. 62%, uh, 62.9% voted for that. So it just narrowly failed. But what I think is brilliant and something that should be an inspiration and also great about football, sometimes you can have people from different um, ends of the spectrum or different ideas, different desires, and come together and work, work well for the common good. And they've done that. Um, they've had another vote this week. Both... Both of them voted 90% over, so there's going to be a Bury team at Gig Lane at the start of next season. You know, what league that is, that is all to be decided. But the main thing is football is very much back in Bury. The good thing as well, and I think it's one of the things that helped push it all through, is between them, they've got some, um, they've got up to nearly a million pounds in funding off the government, local government and the central government to kick off. So it couldn't have gone any better for fans of Barry FC in the last few weeks. So amazing you've rattled all those numbers off the top of your head. Um, if you don't know Seb, you'll, you'll soon get to know him through this podcast. No one likes football more than Seb White, apart from his daughter, which we'll also talk about. Um, but to anyone to listening to this in, I don't know, Addis Ababa or, uh, you know, Tampa, and they don't know who Barry are, it's big news, right? I mean, Barry, twice FA Cup winners, Right, yeah. I think twice exactly. is, it, is it twice, and traditionally a big club in a, in one of football's heartlands. And at the time, it was probably fair to say the biggest sort of foray and noise around it since Wimbledon moved to Milton Keynes. You think it was, yeah, maybe maybe not on a par with it because of the way it happened, but certainly similar, right? Yeah, certainly, and the way it was done as well, extremely um, under underhand tactics by the, the then owner. Who basically ran it into the ground and, and walked off into the into the sunset? Um, Do they get but, sunsets in Bury? Yeah. <laughs> well, did he walk yeah, up? Did yeah. he walk off into the mizzle? He walked up in the mizzle. I, I, having lived in Manchester for, for a fair few years, I used to have a quite quite a few trips to Bury. Actually, I used to go used to go to the theatre there, which was always good for small comedy gigs. And of course, I went to Gig Lane to to watch Yeovil. Mostly, mostly lose most of the time. Had a bit of a disagreement with the stewards once at Bury for not letting me sell fanzines, but that doesn't mean I'm not extremely happy for for everyone involved. And it really hang is... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. When you say a little disagreement about selling fanzines, yeah. I think you can't just go past the fact you were a Yeovil fanzine editor and yeah. salesman and then expect us to move on. So I know the story of this. Just yeah. let's just talk about the, that a little bit. It was what was the what was the fanzine called? The fanzine was called On to Victory, yeah, in honor of the song. And, and we were actually quite good. Yeah, we were very good at that time. And it was a I did it, I did the first issue for the FA Trophy final, and we'd reached the final for the first time in well, first time ever, which was incredible. And did did you punch someone at Berry? Uh, no, no punching. No, 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 no. I may have had too many drinks. I may have uh, been vociferous in my appeals to be able to sell the fanzine to the 175 Yeovil fans in the Yeovil end that uh, was not going to stop, you know, wasn't going to stop people buying the Berry programme or the food, you know. There was no competition there. But uh, let's just say the steward didn't agree with me. He did let me leave my Adidas holder full of uh, 200 odd fanzines uh, with them at, and I could collect at the end of the game. So did you see, did you like, Print these yourself. Oh, yeah. This was, it seems mad when you think about it now, but back in 20, 2004, I did it all at uni. I printed um, I printed articles out page by page on Microsoft Word. On the, on the university? On the university computer using, on paper. Using their ink and paper, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you had, university, you had, to, you had to have your own card and all that. So I did, did end up paying for it. Yes. Um, it's a yes. 
Yes. Uh, and yeah, for, and then basically just going to the photocopy around the corner and saying, can you do 200, 200 of these? So even though it was in the 21st century, it was very old school and quite enjoyed doing it and did that for a, oh, we did that for a good five, six, seven years, really, in the end. And um, yeah, spent many a time trying to sell it outside cold northern outpost because I was based in Manchester at the time, but it was a lot of fun. And if I hadn't done all that, I probably wouldn't be sat here now. No, and I saw James, I saw you um, flinch or, or smirk when he said um, on to victory. Was it that it is a bit, it's a bit war? I was, mm, it was more that I was just repeating in my head in a Yeovil accent. Uh, so on, on to victory. <laughs> is that a good Yeovil accent? Seb, was that any good? Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, on to on victory. Yeah, you've got to say it quickly. You've got to, yeah, it, uh, there's yeah. a lot of them. Um, well, sounds... It was my favourite song at the time, anyway. And it was, we haven't, we didn't have our own song. Yeovil did actually, during their success, record a song that did make the charts when we drew Liverpool in the FA Cup called Yeovil. <laughs> Um, we will have to we will have to go back to that because um, that's probably worth an episode on its own. Asad, you're you're from the uh, northwest. Have you ever eaten sixteen zinger burgers in the uh, in Bury? Uh, mate, I was gonna I was gonna say my only I've, I've been to Bury a couple of times. My only like abiding memory of it was I got trapped in an escape room with my ex girlfriend and her family for about two and a half hours in an escape room. Was she well, your girlfriend then or your ex-girlfriend then? Yeah, well, now my ex-girlfriend. Oh, she uh, wasn't your ex-girlfriend then. They weren't, no, no, trying, she to was they weren't trying to escape you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was there's nothing you can do to escape me. Let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> escape rooms. Uh, does anyone here like them before I go? Is anyone into them as a thing? Because I'm, I'm all for I'm all for hobbies, right? And you know, do you know what? Maybe I should just let it go, but fucking there's one on the street. I drive I drive past it. And it's just in an old shop. So unless they've like knocked out a lot of it, but I like, I don't get it. It's more problem solving, isn't it? Like your room that you're in now, that could be an escape room. It's just my office though. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but Seb could write a fantastic series of questions and problems that makes you think that that office is a terrifying zombie land that you've got to get out of. No, we could. No, we, I, I've worked with Seb. <laughs> you could do it with Yeovil Trivia. I've worked with Seb for a long time. He couldn't. Any anything, anything can no. be an escape room. You could just not me. Is this, what, is this what you do? <laughs> this might be an escape room, what what I'm in right now with you for. So um <laughs> yes, we support these now. We support Berry AFC. But what are they going to be called, Seb? As far as I'm aware, they're going to be called Berry Football Club, but there's a couple more votes now for both over both of the society and the Berry AFC to make sure that the board's got all the people they want on it and it's fair and it's all fair. And yeah, all I can say is it's going to be a big hard slog this summer to get a team starting at Gig Lane, but what, what, a, what, what a great story. And, and sometimes there is light at the end of the tunnel. So our next section is, oh mate, and anyone who has watched football has said this or, or watched anything on the telly and it'd be a, so I want everyone to give it their, oh mate. To see who's the best one, which will which will carry through. So I'll start in mine. Oh mate, Tommy. Oh mate, Seb. Oh mate, mm. not as good as Tommy's. I said. Oh mate, that's disgusting. <laughs> Why make it sexual? Why make it sexual? Oh, <laughs> absolutely no need, James. I thought that. I thought that was quite sexy, man. Thanks, mate. Oh mate, <laughs> some real amgram from Birdo there on stage with the Purton players. Is that what your dad's Amdram group was called? Uh, I think it was just called Drama Club. Not, not creatives then, the Drama Club. 
it was just <laughs> Daddy's <laughs> Drama Club. Yeah, that's where you're going. Yeah. It was just a, it was just a thing for kids on the estate to do. It was just, just for Pert and kids. Daddy, yeah, well, they could have been called the Pert and Players then, couldn't they? Yeah, yeah. Daddy's, he wasn't Daddy's, he's off to Daddy's Drama Club again. Look, yeah. look, man, it was a very well run children's amateur dramatics club on a Tuesday night on an estate in Wolverhampton that did quite well. We did Royal Family end of year shows. We did uh, 40 Towers end of year shows. We did Black Adder end of year shows. <laughs> did all the stuff my dad liked. Just all the stuff my dad watches. <laughs> I, I, I played Anthony. Best mate, Josh Chadwick, played Jim. Okay, so, oh, mate, um, over to James Bird. Uh, oh, mate. Well, yeah, I was playing. I, have, I run a team on a Sunday, eight aside team. Name? Hagson. FC Campo Nuevo. Translates as uh, football club new pitch. This is our fourth season. Season one, we won the league. Season two, we came second. Last season, we won the league again. Last game of the season. This year, the half of the team that are over 30 have become very, very old very, very quickly. And the other half of our team who are under 23 have become less good at getting over their hangovers quickly. So we are getting fucking walloped every week the standard of the league's gone up they're all younger they're all fitter they're all just technically better they've all got coaches three or four subs none of them drink the standard has gone up and and our standard has gone down we are we're poor sunday though sun's out in it bank holiday revelers everywhere i've gone napoli scudetto is in the air that's what i'm saying scudetto is in the air so i've pulled out my napoli my fake napoli shirt Mars here, it's terrible. It cost me like five euros. Maradona 10 on the back. Cycled down, feeling good. Turned up. The team we're playing against, Morbury FC, they're massive. We're in trouble here. We're in massive trouble. Five minutes in, 3-0 down. By the end of the first half, we're 5-0 down. We've all come off just going, oh no, oh no. I'm sort of at peace with it. I've sort of decided I'm not going to get angry. We're getting walloped here. I'm at peace. So no, two minutes into the second half, my mate Dan, big number nine, Dan Smith, lead, lead shirt on, just fucking goes in late on one of their players. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. There's no need to do that, Dan. Anyway, two minutes later, one of them gets him back. And Dan Smith goes, that's a yellow. Ref, that's a yellow. That's a yellow. And uh, some bloke from the side of the pitch just goes, oi, leave, 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 leave the ref alone. Anyway, Dan's, Dan started having to go back. Started having to go back. Who are you? Why are you even here? Why are you watching? The bloke's like 50, long grey hair, Dunlop tracksuit. I, I actually don't know. I don't know why he's there. Anyway, Dan's going, if you're going to be here, mate, if you're going to stay here, do you want a flag? You can run the line. Why don't you run the line? Oh, you can, ref, ref, can you get him a flag? You can run the line. It's, it's gone on for a bit long and Dan's getting more and more. Right. And he just goes like, there's a free kick or something. And he looks at the penalty area of their players and goes, Jesus Christ, whose dad's this? as a joke, and their big centre-half just goes, mine. (laughs) (laughs) That's James, oh mate, indeed. Mundial joins the dots for football culture. And that's not a boast by us, but the words of an actual subscriber in our most recent reader survey. Why not see what they're on about and have a look at Mundial magazine. 100 pages of global football magic released four times a year. It looks great, smells great, and the writing isn't bad either. Go to mundalemag.com or follow the link in the show description to find out more. 
Right then, moving on. This is another uh, thing from the front section of the magazine, which was fairly new. We added it when uh, we came back from our um, COVID printing hiatus last year, and it's um, it's Adventures in Clubland. So it's Indian Summers, Loans and Last Chance Saloons, Think Les Fernand at Besiktas, Bristo Stoichkov at Chicago Fire, and me in Manion Mission in 1998, trying to find Maradona as he was in there, but stum stumbling on Sean Ryder instead. Uh, anyone else ever been... Uh, and any good adventures in Clubland? Who do I know about yours? And this is a family show. Uh, Seb? Well, no, I was more of um, I was more of a guitar man. So I didn't go to many clubs, to be honest. And the ones in Yeovil were the ones with, like, chips in a basket and all that sort of caper. So, yeah. What, I a club? Yeah, I tried to. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. This is like, I mean, Yeovil is obviously. <laughs> walking out summer of love. The yeah, rest of the country's yeah. taking ecstasy like it's going out of fashion. Yeah, chips in a basket. Yeah, 98, well, yeah, 98, 99. That was when I was started going to it was called Gardens. That foot it burnt down, but then it became and then reopened as Le Jardin, uh, which was obviously classy. But yeah, it was very much oh, it was awful, awful. But chips in a basket were basically you had the bar at one end, then you had a serve. So hatch at the other end for for in a, in a nightclub in a nightclub yeah this was the main nightclub in Yeovil yeah yeah one hundred yeah hundred percent it was different times there's a reason why I left Yeovil um pretty sharpish right yeah well when I was eighteen went to went to Manchester and I've never been back since so it's nice to go back and maybe I'll retire there one day I don't know but. No adventures for said then, just chips? Anyone else? Just chips. <laughs> that, that food anecdote reminded me of, so I was on a school trip when I was 16, and um, we went to Greece, and we were like, fucking hell, where did you go to school? Delphi. Eton. We were, we were in like, like just like some, like a like Delphi, like a, like a seaside town in Greece, basically, right? And we go into what we think is a nightclub. They, there's, there's no one on the door, we go in, and it turns out to be a strip club. And in that strip club is a buffet. And we left it alone. But one of our mates went in and grabbed some like fried chicken from the buffet. And uh, yeah, we're just on the loo for like three days after. Not great. But th those are my misadventures in Clubland. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> we'll hand back over to you, Asad, uh, for adventures in Clubland. So you've been scouring... Uh, the internet for today's selection so go on it's over to you make it good yeah so i've decided after pouring over you know various journeyman footballers i've gone for joe, joe cole at lille the context behind that was he'd left chelsea on a free then joined liverpool got the number 10 um gerard said he was like as technically good as Lionel messi um, but what happens in that season before he joined Lille was he was a bit disinterested, not playing well, getting a few niggling injuries, just looking a bit unfit. So you'd think, right, English player abroad, shouldn't work out, doesn't know the language, but he lands in France and there's an instant connection. He's just, he's he's suddenly a lot thitter, a lot lighter. He's not as pudgy on his debut against I think it was like San Etienne. He goes past four players, a bit like Messi, I guess, and, you know, gets an assist. He's dovetailing with the, like a young Aiden Hazard, um, pings in from around 30 yards against Lorient, and everyone just absolutely mob, mobs him. They, lo they love him, and it's great. So you're telling me he, he left Liverpool, which I, I know he did, and suddenly was reborn in France. So, yeah, he looked like a completely different player. He looked, he had like snap 
I spent a right. So to preface this, I watched a four to six minute clip of LOSC Lille 2011-12 highlights, and he's just scampering around. He he looks just so much quicker, so much more, you know, like cheeky and skillful, like the good joke hole that we like, like that he could be. Yeah, he went back to Liverpool because um, Brendan Rodgers came in and, and and wanted him there. And I say he may have been part of the. Um, Infamous King of the Gulf and uh, the Welsh Javi documentary. <laughs> what was it called? Was, the oh, was it on Channel 5? Yeah, it was on Channel 5. The worst thing, to, apart from sign, apart from saddling Graham Potter with 27 players and dressing rooms too small to fit them all in and hooking him up with the players' barber and, 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 and all that stuff, Brendan Rogers, then pre-glow-up, when he was carrying a bit of timber... His teeth are at right angles, um, and he still looked like um, I like Brendan Rodgers. I'm not going to go in, but he looked like one of the. You might have to look this up. The vermicious nids from Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. If you have a look, the head shape's quite similar. So pre glow up Brendan Rodgers, saddled with a documentary crew. I mean, there's things there that have become bigger part of football history than title winning teams. Some of the things he did there. That doc was almost like the OG Sunderland Till I Die, because Liverpool were like, really terrible then. What's your favourite bit, Birdo? John Joe Shelby. The king of the golf. The king of the golf course. <laughs> was, it, okay, was it Ian Eyre at the time, the managing director who turned up on his motorbike in his leathers? Yeah, I think yeah, so. That was pretty good. That was some pretty good stuff. But yeah, pretty a pretty difficult way to start for Brendan, actually. What does everyone think about Joe Cole? What's a, when you, th- I mean, what I think of with Joe Cole is I remember how hard he worked in the season West Ham got relegated, and he unfairly, I think, got a bit of shit afterwards. But he was, I mean, he was exceptional. I mean, I saw a video on Twitter the other day of Roy Keane. Roy Keane's had a piece of him early in a game against. Um, it must have it must have been at the Berlin because um, United are in a white kit, and he's had a bit of him. Keen as and Joe Cole's give him a load of mouth, dyed blonde hair, vet like early, early career Joe Cole, and then about like the clip moves on, and there's a, a loose ball breaks, and Cole starts to go for it, and Keen starts to go for it. And you can see Keen's running in with that the murderous intent of an unhinged psychopath. Um, and then um Joe Cole just manages to double fucking drag back him out of the way, and Keen's left chasing there. It's tremendous. That's what I think about when I think of Joe Cole. Sweden goal that. Uh, some of the things, some of the things he could do, and how I don't know things caught. It's what, like he had quite a weird upbringing, didn't he? You know, he, he he taught himself to play football watching Brazil videos. Like no one in his family was into football, I think. And he used to go that, go in the garden and do skills on his own. So that's the first thing I think about Sweden goal mental. But what you're saying there makes a lot of sense because when I think about Joe Cole, he was one of the first players that I thought didn't play in an English way. So whatever age I was there, twelve. I didn't think that he played in an English way. Beckham played was brilliant, but played in an English way. Scholes, brilliant, but I would st- still say at that age, played in an English way. Even Rooney, let's say. But Joe Cole had something, there was a there was a bit of silk, there was a bit of sultriness, there was a bit of beauty to every single touch that he did. When he played a side-footed pass, there was a bit of like curve of the body and the way he hit it was beautiful. He'd move his like the way he'd move his legs and his arms and his shoulders at the same time is different. I always used to fit. He's one of the first players I can remember thinking an English player that doesn't necessarily play in what my twelve-year-old view of an English player is. 
I think I always remember him as I think he was very much in that classic soccer AM period where most a lot of people watched him when the skills him and him in the FA Youth Cup and, and things like that that you would always see and, and it was obvious that we we had a talent at last a, a talent skillful talent like you say James a bit of silk to him rather all, than aboard, just, all aboard the showboat yeah yeah he was he was he was I think they even might, I seem to remember them doing a bloody just him in the FA Youth Cup final that's exactly what I was going to say. He was on showboat every single week mm. in like that, that season they got West Ham got relegated mm. and he had short shorts on untucked shirt. And he was what, 17, 18. And every single week you would try and replicate in the schoolyard what he was doing on, on screen. Cause it was something, it was something fucking mad every single week. I'm looking at that 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 West Ham lineup that got was it 2003 they got relegated and then Chelsea signed him next season, and uh, yeah. the line the lineup was David James, uh, James Pierce Daly, Johnson right back, Winsburn left back, Carrick and Cole centre mid, Decanio Sinclair, um, same Decanio on right midfield, and then uh, Defoe and Canute. Up top. What a fucking absolute just past turn of the century Premier League gold eleven that is. You've got you've got two or three different generations of players in that team. Like you've got you've got players who know what the internet is and players who've never heard of the internet before. <laughs> That's an incredible team. Stuart, Stuart P is playing centre back. Interesting. That's an underrated cult team. That is. People don't talk about that. The streets don't talk about the streets don't talk about that team enough. No, they used to because it was always big. You can't be when they talk about teams being too good to go down. People would always say you can't be too good to go down. Remember West Ham, but a midfield of um, Trevor Sinclair, Michael Carrick, Joe Cole, and Paolo Di Canio. That's, I mean, that's a like red map fever dream of a midfield. That isn't it? Fucking ideal blunt rotation midfield. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is. What happens when you get to the defence though? On the blunt rotation, is Nigel Winterburn? No, no, is he man. puffing or passing? He's passing, man. Christian Daly. Pierce is one bomb in it. David James, you pass him the bong, wouldn't you? And he just knock it all over the carpet, drop it straight away. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell, David, not again. Yeah. Did you guys watch the video? The Bienvenue Shares a Coal. We haven't even talked about the video. It's a very good point. We've been rattling on. You know what? I'm going to get it up now. When he wants to cross the street, oh, sorry. Quand il veut traverser la rue. That is, je traverse. We could go on, but I, this is incredible. Exactly, he's, he's, gone, he's gone for it, hasn't he? You know, they get a lot of these, these English players don't often do well abroad because they don't get involved in stuff like that. Too, you know, they think they're too big and too clever for that. He got straight into it. Do they think they're too big and too clever or are they just a bit terrified and a bit like, oh God. Like, you know, let's because let's look. You had Joey Barton. Yeah. Doing his French accent. Yeah. But um, then you add um, David Moore. McLaren. M- McLaren, obviously, Steve. Um, David Moyes at Sausage Dad. Which Sausage is in- Dad yeah. That's an incredible one. Yeah. Ira Mendy. Ira Mendy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, Tom. Exactly. That is, a, that is a very good one of the genre. Right then, next section. Uh, this one does what it says on the tin. It is called The Greatest Shirt. Uh, and the first up is James Bird. 
We've banned him from wool shirts, by the way, because all he will do is talk about um, the Doritos orange kit, which uh, George and Dar played in. Uh, it was a great piece he wrote in the mag, but he's 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 talked about it enough, quite frankly. So um, I'm going to get the team of this shirt up. And Assad, the one you're wearing, is that um, is that a jog version or is that real? Um, my mate got it for me off Depot when we went to Portugal. So I have no idea. I have no idea. It doesn't look real. It doesn't look real. It looks cool, though. Not real, mate. Don't harsh my vibe, dude. It does look cool. Yeah. You look very nice. Thanks, man. I look massive in it as well. I look like I've got massive shoulders. Without seeing the badge, it looks like you're wearing um, like some kit they give out at a Coca-Cola tournament for kids. <laughs> Get the badge in, right? <laughs> correct. <laughs> correct. I can't believe you had to think if it was real. Look at the badge. Go on, like said. That's it. Okay, now I put it off Depot. I'm not sure if it's real. No, no, I didn't get it off Depot. My mate got it off Depot. Either way, I don't want to say my mate's buying me one. Look at that badge, yeah, 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 yeah. It's for what it's worth. I prefer fake shirts, yeah. But we've seen your we've seen that fake North Face North Face coat of yours. It's one of the biggest crimes against coats I've ever seen in my life. You're a bit of a badge getter, aren't you, Tom? You don't mind a bit of vintage, uh, vintage Stony on the Instagram? None of the none of the you know, Selfridges. Like bright orange rubbish that um, that my mates, some of my mates were. Yeah, always the nineties stuff with when when it was made in Italy. With the green with the green outline of the badge. Yes, that's yes. it. Sir. That's, that's the key. It. That's the key. You get you get the odd nod if if you go out in Altrincham. Uh, if you go to King's Court in Altrincham, yeah, you get the odd nod off the like sort of. I'm, I nearly said gammon. That's not fair, but just some lovely blokes in their mid forties who are bollockly challenged like myself yeah the, the, the type of blokes who don't take their kids on holiday but have uh, wardrobes full of stony and uh, cp company yeah i know the type so ricardo miguel andrade carvalho valente ronaldo manish costinia figo deco pauletta a cult international team to end all cult international teams uh, fernando cuto knocking around um as the captain but not really playing um a real like Western posse of a football team. Rui Costa on the bench, Nuno Gomez knocking around, Paolo Ferreira there, all of them about to be um, part of a very good uh, Jose Mourinho team at Chelsea. So one of the great sort of forgotten international teams. And uh, James, you're going to tell us about their kit. Well, yeah, they're wearing this so Portugal 2004, the home jersey. They're wearing that total 90 Nike you know, the, the rich Portuguese red colour. It's got the green curved um, collar. It's got those white sort of like curves down here. It's got the number on the front in the total 90 circle. It's that weird time where Nike are doing like everything with curves and circles. And I just think it was a good time of, of Nike design. And then just that team was, they were sort of like, the, like Owen just said, like they were a Western team. They were the baddies. They were sort of, it was, and it's sort of in the middle of that Euro 2000 game and then the 2006 game against England, that like trio of big matches where sort of bad things happen for England. This one obviously goes all the way to a penalty shootout and Ricardo in goal, who's wearing the silver version of this home, of, of the home jersey. I think it gets to the seventh penalty. Beckham misses the first one. Seventh penalty, Darius Vassell, is taking it for England. Ricardo in front of Vassell takes his goalie gloves off, walks back to the line, saves Vassell's penalty, and then Ricardo gets up and walks over to the penalty spot and scores the winning penalty for 
Portugal from the spot without his gloves on. It's carnage. And this shirt reminds me of that weird night design team. And then those sort of like horrible Portugal games where they were the baddies. That's an incredible thing to do, isn't it? Just to take your glove. I mean, it's like he's literally cut his nuts off there in a stadium. Gone right. You've got. You might have a pistol. We're going to walk back to back to the spot, and then I'm just going to fucking throw a stone and finish you off while you're while you're shooting. I mean, do you remember who the manager was of that team in 2004? I'd forgot this, and I've just seen it now. Scolari, Luis Philip Scolari. Rob, I think it's. Go on. Go on. I was just going to say, in the top three managers, along with Sam Allardyce and probably Sean Dyche, you wouldn't follow into trap two on a Sunday morning. You would not follow him into trap two on a Sunday morning. I think it's like the I for me. It's like the iconic Euros game. Scolari's the Portugal manager. Sven's our manager. The England team that we play is like the team that it feels like for someone of my generation that we played for like 20 years. Neville, Terry, Campbell, Cole, Beckham, Lampard, Gerard Scholes, Owen Rooney. It feels like that was sort of for 20 years of your childhood, even though your childhood's only 10 years. It just felt like that was the England team forever. And then that'll, you know, the bad guys of Portugal. And Sven versus Scolari, man, like... Two old freaks. Spengler and Ericsson, what a man. Champion shagger. Did, have you ever heard that Ericsson story uh, where he, I think it was in Diddy Haman's book. What are you doing? Hang and, on. Uh, what are you doing reading Diddy Haman's books? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard the anecdote somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, I think it's, it must have been when Sven joined City. I'm trying to gauge what era it was. And uh, it's 10am and they're getting up for training or whatever. And uh, Sven's, well, it wouldn't have been training, it must have been a day off, but Sven sat by the pool drinking champagne at, at 10 a.m. And uh, Hamanga, Diddy Haman goes over and he goes, what's going on, boss? What are we celebrating? <laughs> he goes, we're celebrating life, Kaiser, life. <laughs> Plus. Are you looking to join a club? Well... How about Club Mundial? It's what we call our subscriber offering. And it's the best club in the world, we think. For only £10 a quarter, you get the magazine through your door, a tidy little membership card, 20% off all Mundial merchandise and discounts at classic football shirts, All Press Espresso, Art of Football and Percival Menswear. What more do you want? You also get priority access to events, subscriber-only merchandise and a weekly Club Mundial newsletter. Go to mondayonmag.com or follow the link in the description to subscribe today. We'll see you at the bar. First game, last game. Pretty self-explanatory. We um, look at a player's career, talk about their first game and their last game. We've had Scott Brown, Edgar Davids, which is batshit, if if anyone remembers it, from Ajax to Barnet. Patrick Vieira. From uh, Cairn to to Man City, and um, over to you, Assad. In between bites of um, turkey Twizzlers. When I started getting into football, this was the guy who made me get into him, and that's Dimitar Berbatov. Yeah, first game, he'd um, got into the CSK Sofia side by um, getting like seventy seven in ninety two. Um, it was like hometown club Pirin in Bulgaria. And then he gets the call, he gets signs with his dad's mates at CSK Sofia. And he's 18. It's a UEFA Cup qualifier. He's he's starting up front, um, gangly, you know, looking like a minor aristocrat, sets up a goal, comes off after the hour. 
looks good in the kit. There we go. That was his first game, and he was brilliant. I can see that. I can see him now looking 18. Yeah. Imagine him, this is like pre him having any money. Imagine the loafers he was wearing. Imagine the jeans, loafers, and roll neck combo he left that dressing room in that day. Three really strong Bulgarian fags in the car on the way home as well. Light work. Back home, chucked his washing in. Mum does it, sits down on the sofa, gets his sisters to do things for him, I would imagine. Watches a Bulgarian soap and then goes out on the screaming piss till six o'clock in the morning, nightclubbing. What, yeah, God, what a, what a wonderful footballer Dimitar Berbatov was. What he did that a lot of players didn't do. And I was watching that clip of that touch he did for Fulham. I can't remember who against, but someone switches it from one side of the pitch to the other. And he just makes the whole crowd like gasp, just go, yeah, like, oh, not many players can do that noise, make the crowd make that noise that's like, like, whoa, amazing. Yeah, it's the ultimate theater footballer, isn't he? Yeah, at first, I just never really got him. So when he arrived at United, we had Rooney, Ronaldo, Tevez, and like they all played like skunks on like methamphetamines, basically. They went like, like balls to the wall, just flying up the pitch. And when he played me on, he slowed everything down. And I was, I was sure I was like 10 at the time. So I was like, what's he doing? Like just funnel it out to Ronaldo and watch him score a goal. But the moment that made it click, it was some, can't remember the name, like the game or who we were playing, but he just, corner comes in. He's like just loitering around in the box. It goes over his head. He just like, his boot comes out like a telescope and he just traps it. And I'm like, that's a good player. That is a brilliant player. And he became probably one of my favourite ever players since then. And a smoking footballer. One of the, probably the most famous, one of the most famous, certainly out there. And I think we should, you know, smoke, smoking footballers, that's probably a section on its own another time. Well, I mean, we're, we're here now. We're here now, okay. We're here now. You, my favourite smoking footballer. I mean, Berbatov would be up there. Canton, I'll love to fag. Yeah. R- Rooney? Rooney, Yeah. But Wilshire. Yeah, but, yeah, but did Rooney not cool? Not cool. No. No, no. no. no, Rooney looked like I can't imagine he ever smoked with any grace. <laughs> it'd be it'd be like like that down to the filter, yeah. bird in his fingers. Every picture I've seen of Rooney with a cig is exactly that, Owen. Like where it's it's like he's in Dean's Gate on a fucking corner <laughs> and he's he's just like he looks in pain. He looks red and in pain whilst he's smoking it, yeah. which is, that's how I, Rooney would be my favourite for that reason. Though. Yeah, yeah. He simply can't get enough nicotine out of one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just sucking it through his face. He's got, he, he smokes vapes now though, Rooney, doesn't he? And it's tobacco flavour vapes. They're not even the nice flavour. It would be tobacco flavour That is the most <laughs> mental thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Dimitar Berbatov's last nicotine fueled game. The last game is, is by far the funnier anecdote. It's the storied South Indian derby. The Kerala Blasters take on Chennaiin. And Dimitar Berbatov is playing in defensive midfield managed by David James, who he absolutely hated and said his <laughs> tactics were like a disgrace. Um, he's playing, it's, it's, it's a horrible nil-nil. He's walking about in like a floating midfield. He wants to get up, doesn't have the legs for it. David James is screaming at him, telling him to get back and defend. It's awful and it's brilliant. Right then, on we go. We are now going, oh, 
It's Tom. What's the quiz called? Who played that? So I'll quickly explain the concept of the quiz. Uh, it's just one answer and it is a... Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let, let's go around and let's let's get your buzzing sounds. Owen? <laughs> Sad? <laughs> Asad? <laughs> like the Aldu brothers. James? <laughs> like a horn on a Texan's car in the Midlands. <laughs> what what that actually was, that is the BBC Radio West Midlands uh, jingle that on a Saturday afternoon, when a goal goes in, not at the commentary game, it goes, do 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 let's go. And here we go to Molyneux. Right, we've got our buzzer sounds. Back to Tommy. The concept of the quiz is this, and I will I will be tallying it up. So we will, we'll do this every week. And then, um, I don't know, by some certain point, we'll have a league table, etc. So... The quiz is who played at, which I, I will just read out a fixture from any point of history, and I will name a position for one of the teams in that fixture, and you will have to tell me who played at that position. Bloody hell. It's a brain fuck. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> what do we win? Do we win anything? You win coming on next week. and, and- Pride, points. So, are you ready for the question and the position? Yes, please. So, it's Manchester United versus Arsenal. Round six of the FA Cup, 12th of March, 2011. And the question is, who played left midfield for Manchester United? 2011 FA Cup. There might be some jazz and selections going on here. Feels like it could be like a Raphael de Silva job, really, isn't it? Well, you didn't buzz in, did you? So that's you, I. No, no, no. I wasn't. I was just thinking out loud, mate. I was on my guess. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. 2011. Go on, Owen. That guy, Welbs. Incorrect. Fabio de Silva. Correct. Oh, oh yes. yes. Just Google it. Yeah, I saw you. I saw you. I saw you reading off the screen. I saw you reading off the screen. Oh my god, mate! Well, this is recorded, so I can check back. But for now, I'm giving Assad the points, and we will return next week with another another round of who played at um, the Manchester United's midfield that day. For the record, it's uh, Fabio left midfield, Raphael right midfield, oh. Darren Gibson, and John O'Shea centre midfield. Oh, and we beat them. We probably beat Manchester them. Manchester United won 2-0. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was the Arsenal team? We could smoke them. That's incredible. That is, that, is, that is the greatest midfield ever, isn't it? That's a nightmare blunt rotation. <laughs> no, no, I'd, 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 I'd do drugs with the De Silva twins. Come on. Enjoying this podcast, but not really ready to subscribe to a print magazine? Well... You need the Mundell Gateway drug. Why not sign up to our weekly newsletter? You'll get exclusive writing, discounts, recommendations and some really, really random references. Follow the newsletter link in the show description and see what you're missing out on. Right then. Can we all sing the hokey cokey? Four, three, two, one... Oh, 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 oh,
The timing between everyone, everyone doing that at different times as a, as a, was a nightmare that made me feel a little bit ill all the way through. So ins and outs, a popular Mondial staple on social media, in the magazine, and every time we get together. Um, the format for this is everyone's going to give me an in, everyone's going to give me an out, and I decide what's on, and I'll add a few of my own. So I am going to start with um, San Francisco sourdough from Gail's Bakery. This will do nothing for our reputation as um, penny farthing riding football hipsters, but I bought a loaf of it yesterday. An absolute, an absolute sensation. Um, but I'm going to start with Seb. Give me an in. Basketball documentaries. Uh, I've just become extremely well I've just been watching a lot of basketball documentaries I'm not interested in basketball the sport as as a whole don't watch it it all seems to just happen right at the end and the best thing about basketball documentaries is they cut out all the chaff and they literally show the 10-15 seconds of the good bits but it's also covers some great stories and great characters the Bill Russell one on Netflix is amazing the legacy one on Disney plus is amazing uh, all about LA Lakers and now I'm going back back again to the ESPN 30 for 30. So I'm putting basketball documentaries in my ins. As long as you send me a list of the best ones to watch, so I don't have to watch any bad ones, I will allow basketball documentaries to be in. Assad, in. Okay, Raman from Bone Daddies. I saw this on the list, entry yeah. level. I'm saying that it's entry level Raman. I enjoyed it. It's good. I had the chicken one. It's called Tokyo Cock Cock. That's amusing. And it was lovely. It was nice. It was spicy. It was salty. It had fried chicken in it. It was great. Mm. It might be entry level, but I enjoy it. Bone Daddy's Ramen is not in this week. James Bird. Morgan Gibbs White. Yeah, see, I've watched the video about 150 times now. Because as you know, I'm a fan of Swaz on the football pitch and things like this. I think Morgan Gibbs White, what he's done there with that touch, is better than anything Frank Lampard did in his entire career and instantly makes Morgan Gibbs-White a better player. It is everything I want from a footballer. And I would imagine, whether Forest stay up or go down, he will be bought by a club not far up the road looking for a midfield revamp who can't afford Jude Bellingham, I would imagine. Yeah, man, he's wicked. I'm just really happy for him. He's obviously Wolves, Wolves lad. He actually went to my school. Um, he's had a tough time with it at Wolves, hasn't he? Like he wasn't played enough and then was told he'd play like went out on loan would come back be told that he'd play would be on the subs bench then he had the weird thing with like Wolves fans Wolves fans really hate him now because he's celebrated his goals but what else is he fucking gonna do I'm just glad that he's playing well and he, you know so I think it's a big thing that he's playing for Steve Cooper obviously the the manager that he won the under 17s World Cup with who's obviously a very very talented coach you know despite or Whatever happens at Forest in terms of how many players they sign, he's a very, very good coach. And a good man, by all accounts. And, and a good man. So I'm, I'm very happy for Morgan Gibbs, right? And that touch was, yeah, I've, I've also watched about 100 times. Yeah. Right. Let's have Steve Cooper in. Steve Cooper in mm. as well. What's your in this week, Tom? Adidas superstars. Yeah. I've, I've seen some young, hip girls and boys wearing those. So I knew they wouldn't be far away from your feet. <laughs> Desperately trying to cling on to my youth. Same. I'm saying, yeah. Nothing wrong with that, mate. I'm sat here wearing a Lahane football shirt. <laughs> kick-ups. Oh, I put kick-ups in. Does anyone allow me to have kick-ups? I did some... It's getting to spring. It's, you know, the weather's getting better now. There was... A... I, I would like them not in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because you can't do them. I'm shit at kick-ups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
at the age of 32, when it's like the bit before the game, especially if it's with players that haven't played it that much and everyone's doing kickups in a rondo kind of thing, I'll just go and pretend that I have to do special special stretches for my back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I'm just going to fuck it straight <laughs> So, sourdough in my game, my choice. Kickups in. But you can't get two choices. It's either sourdough, it's either kickups, because we all got one. You can do what I want, mate. I'm the host. He's the host. <laughs> so, outs. I'm going to start with mine. Jim Trumpers. I was um, in the local um, Swole establishment this morning. Desperately trying to hold on to my youth when um, a youngish man, obviously taking a lot of protein, um, went down to squat and let out what can only be described as a real rasper <laughs> and um, and just cracked on as if nothing had happened. And there was a stench that permeated oh. across the gym. But yeah, gym trumpers, in or out. That's my decision. Right. Yeah. Hundred. Um, it's awful that. Not even to just say sorry, because you know we can all do a bit of exercise and things can creep out. You know. Well, said. Let's let's have this right. You just openly fight in the office. <laughs> <laughs> Asad, what is in your hands, my mate? It's it's another food one. It's vodka pasta because because my girlfriend has insisted that I make it for her for like for like the past eight months, basically. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. Did you just drench some um, spaghetti in a bottle of, bottle of Grants or something like that? One of the no, cheaper no, ones. No, rigatoni, but like, no, like tomato puree, onion, garlic, you know, vodka to deglaze, all that, you know, rigmarole. Yeah. It's fine. Don't like single cream, pasta rind, parmesan. I'm just giving you an, an off it's just a list of It's just a list of words now, but yeah, yeah. it's fine. It's, it's fine. Okay, I'm going to let, because I was so harsh about your bone daddy's ramen. And I believe your vodka pasta would be nicer than a commercial ramen, but I'm going to let you have vodka pasta. Uh, James Bird, you've got a big, long one. Basically, Seb's got that amazing pair of uh, Nike Air Max Mercurial, like the R9s that they brought out as trainers. He's got a pair, size 10. He's stuck them on eBay. He's trying to get hundreds of quid for them. I keep checking back. It's still only on £38. Give them to me, Seb. Out, out of eBay. Give them to James. It's, it's still possible. It's still possible. But let's just see how. Let's see what the market decides, James. Well, Seb's got gigantic feet. What are you going to do with them, Birdo? Ski. They're size. They're size ten. They're size ten. Yeah. I somehow squeezed into them once. It was. I'm a. I'm a size nine or ten. Yeah. Depending on the shoe. Air Force Ones, a size eight. They're not in ads. I'm afraid Seb's trainers are not in outs. They're an in zip open. Seb's deep hop game and constantly selling all of his Mundial stuff, which like don't exist anymore. So he's just flogging them to get a bit of extra cash. Um, and 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 stuff we've been gifted by friends of the magazine, to be honest, yeah. is um gives me great pleasure. Yeah, yeah, there's been yeah, there's been a lot of uh, rugby shirts that have gone to very old people to enjoy to have a second life, but yeah, it still hurts me. When I look back on all the all the stuff I've sold, which brings me to my outreach. Oh yeah, yeah, you've got an act. Come on. But very much the reason I am selling said uh, item that may have been not may or not been gifted to us in 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 the in the past uh, is I've suddenly developed a habit of, uh, of buying football programs. Uh, very niche topic: English clubs away in Europe because I like all the all the mad different languages and all the mad designs from different countries. But yeah, so I've suddenly got into that and I want to put it in outs because if I put it in outs and then Owens and puts it in outs, 
and hopefully it'll stop me spending too much money and money that I could spend on much more useful things than football programmes off eBay. Um, I'm going to put it in ads. Gears of sickness. Tommy, do you have anything to lead us out with? God, I feel awful saying it, but David De Gea, uh, because uh, he's gone from being... I mean, he. I think he'll... And this is probably a bit too football now. We've done all the football. But um, having watched him for the past couple of years trying to pass out from the back, from the Stratford end every other week, it has just become... Um, it's kind of sad. It's become sad. And I don't want... It's sad seeing a United legend, the club I love and have go to every week, sort of staying Tara's legacy a bit. I know he's, you know, good clean sheet record uh, this season, great shot stopper, but yeah, it's kind of, it's getting quite tragic now. So yeah, sorry, David. You might not well, agree. You, you're probably enjoying it, Owen, I imagine. Uh, based on the fact he looks like he drinks a lot of uh, Monster and has his keys on a little chain, out of his jeans, David De Gea has always been on my acts list. Um, so I'm happy, happy to see him on everyone else's. Well then, there we are. Episode one of Reminding You Why You Love Football is done. Thanks so much for listening. Um, we're looking forward to hearing your feedback and hopefully you can share it with your friends. It's available everywhere you get your podcasts as normal. Uh, mundalmag.com is the website address if you want to look at more of what we do and, and find out how you can subscribe or have a look at our merchandise. There's mugs, there's socks, there's T-shirts, there's all sorts of stuff. Um, you can follow us at Mag on Twitter and Instagram and um, don't look for us on Facebook because we don't really do much on there. See you next time. Reminding you why you love football is a Mundial production for Football Co. Original music by Harry Harris, production by Tommy Stewart and Seb White, hosted by me, Owen Blackhurst, and recorded on the run.